Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. I'm going to be talking with Pastor Billy, and we are explaining the reason for our hope. We got Pastor Billy here, and we're going to jump into what's a pretty difficult question. Um, and I've actually, I've seen, we kind of joke sometimes. We're going to talk about uh, God being good, but then the existence of evil. And we kind of uh, have turned this into a joke. I know every once in a while I'll like stub my toe and I'll be like, oh, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, and like we kind of <laughs> yeah, right, like right. make it a joke, but that that feeling comes from this deeper issue where we genuinely need to know bad things happen in our lives yeah. and bad things happen to people we care about. Uh, but we have this God who says he's good. And that's a paradox, it seems, right? Yeah. So if, why would a good God right. allow evil in the world what's going on with that you know it's it's such a hard question and and i'll be honest with you that it might be one of the chief reasons why people have not embraced christianity for that question alone and the question is actually thousands of years old philosophers all through the ages have asked this very same question and so the term for trying to reconcile the fact that god exists and evil exists together is called theodicy Okay. It's actually trying to reconcile the fact that it, a good theodicy or argument vindicates an all good or an all and an all powerful God in the presence of evil. It's like justifying God and evil exist in this that tension that we're not that we're not comfortable with. But here's the classic argument. Okay. It, you you alluded to it. Right. If God is all good, he must not be all powerful if there is still evil in the world. If God is all-powerful, he must not be good since there is still evil in the world. Right. So you take God's power and God's goodness, and you're saying he's all-powerful and all-good. How in the world can there be evil? You know what I mean? And so it can become a very, very hard thing to grapple with. You yeah. Know? I know for me, in my walk with the Lord, that really has kind of been an, a constant. I come back to that Absolutely. all the time. How does this work? And so yeah. I'm excited to keep going with this conversation. Well, I'm excited too because um, it, there there are some reasons, you know. But there's also this aspect of the evil in the world that can be a really good argument for the existence of God. And I don't think we often talk about that. Part no, we definitely you know? so don't. It's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of fun. But but in talking about evil and talking about evil in the world and God being all good and all powerful and all wise and and He is still God, we make some assumptions that that we have to clarify about evil itself. And so that's what I just kind of want to do first. You know, people assume that there is no other cause for evil except God. Why would God okay. do that? Why would right. God do this? Why would you know God allow that shooting? Why would God, you know what I mean? It's all God's fault, all God's fault. And yet James 1.14 says, our own evil desires drag us away. We own our evil desires. Right. And the fact of the matter is that that there there's evil in the world. 
As a matter of fact, original sin is something we, we call what happened with Adam and Eve. Right, it, the very like beginning. The very beginning. Mm-hmm. They disobey God in the very beginning. And so in Romans 5, 12, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the entire human race. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that whole thing, we have to understand that now we have people and a world that is broken when Adam and Eve disobeyed, okay? That's why we have disasters. That's why we have diseases, even this whole coronavirus thing that we're in the middle of. Yeah, I was just thinking we're living in the middle of a evil situation right yeah. now in the world today. So it, this is timely. It, it, we live in a broken world because of the sin. As a matter of fact, there are scriptures that, that say that the world groans to be made whole again. Not just people, but the world does. Right. That's strange for us to think about. But we live in a broken place with, with disasters, diseases, hatred, violence. All of this is because we live in a broken world. Sin did that. That's how, how much havoc sin wreaked on all of us. Right. You know what I mean? So we have to understand that there there is that broken peace that we have chosen, you know, to to be a to be a part of, and we're a part of this broken world. But we're not comfortable living with this tension of good and evil. Um, and there's a couple other things I need to say to that. God has made us people of free will, not completely free will, but free will. Right. God is sovereign over all things, but we have the ability to make choices. All through Scripture, God asks us, make choices, make good choices, choose Jesus, choose good, choose what is right. And so we have the ability to make choices. The only way God could truly be loved by one of us is if there was free choice. You can't make a robot and press the button and say, love me, and then think that it's actually loving you. Right. That's true. It's got to be a choice. Yeah. But when God made people to have free will and choice in some way, shape, or form in the midst of his sovereignty, he took a risk. Because the risk is they can choose to do what's wrong. They can choose not to love me. And that's part of that original sin. But that choice that we have is part of why we have evil in the world. You know? Yep. Um, and also, let, let me throw this out there, that suffering and pain are not always evil. I think we associate suffering and pain always with something evil, but that is a built-in alarm system inside of us, all suffering and all pain. It's like, man, something's too hot, something's too cold, something's wrong. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've had times where I look back in my story and I've shared it a couple different places around Christ community that the times that were hardest for me, I'm now so thankful for. Mm -hmm. And it was physical pain. I mean, for a while I had um, a lot of ankle problems. And so actual physical pain shifted my entire life. And if I go back to that moment, there's no way that uh, if that hadn't happened, that I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you, you know? And so I... That's right. And, you know, you, you alluded to something else that's another good point, that there is a strengthening component, component to suffering and pain. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, we can grow physically. We go to the gym and we make ourselves suffer and we get stronger. Right. 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 Or we have to take this long hike or something like that and it made us better people. Yeah. There are, there's emotional things that we go through that are real pain and suffering and grief. And yet it's making us stronger for, for whatever God has prepared for us next. Yeah, I always think of uh, because I 
grew up so involved in athletics, I think of what my strength coaches always said. And they, when you are working out and you're lifting weights or something, you actually are physically tearing your muscles. That's right. But because you have torn those muscles in small microscopic ways, they heal and they become stronger than they were yeah. before. And that's how that's great we analogy. get stronger as people. And I think that kind of just reminded me of, of exactly what you were saying. That's so. a really, really good analogy. Um, and, and listen, to, to be honest with you, there's evil in this world. There's pain and suffering in this world also because of uh, we're people. We make mistakes. Right. You know, and I know that mistakes that people have made have cost lives and and have caused suffering and damage. Inadvertently, we didn't mean to, mm-hmm. but when we interact with one another and we're people that are prone to make mistakes because we're not perfect, inevitably something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. And um, that, that's sad. But one of the things that I read in a book by Lee Strobel, A Case for Faith, it was really an interesting way to look at evil, too. We don't get access to the big picture. So right. we think something's horrible that's going on, but we don't see from 30,000 feet like God sees and the yeah. sovereignty of him and, and how he wisely set all things up. Right. We can only see in hindsight. So he, here's an analogy. What if... Um, and they gave this in the book that a, that a bear had gotten lost in the city. And so okay. the, the habitat was many, many miles into the mountains, but the bear is lost in the city. And that could potentially be harmful and bad for both people and the bear. So the bear is thinking to itself, I'm lost. Why is this happening to me? I don't know where my the trees are. I don't know where the hill is. I don't know where my family is. This is what the bear is thinking, right? right. And it's seeing cars and, and airplanes and big buildings, and it's scaring the bear to death, okay? So then the bear is like, doesn't know what to do. Well, the rangers, the, the park rangers and everything, they have their tranquilizer guns. are like, we have to get this bear back into safety. So it comes with lights and sirens and everything else, and it sees this bear, let's say, and it pulls out a gun, and the bear's like, what's happening? With Here, the bear hears a loud noise. God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And it gets hit with a tranquilizer, and it hurts. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the bear falls asleep, right? All right. this is horrible to the bear. It, the worst thing ever. Yeah, My absolutely. life is awful. And then they put this bear in this giant tank. And then when the bear comes around and the drugs wear off, it's in this cage-looking tank, driving along a road really fast, the bear is like, this is the end of me. This is it. It's all over with. It's horrible. I can't believe my life is this, right? Right. Then the ranger gets back out. Know what he does? Pulls the gun back out and shoots this bear, okay, again with a tranquilizer dart to put it back asleep. The bear is thinking, this is awful. But you know what's really happening. They then take the bear out, put it in its habitat, the bear is then safe. And the only way the bear, when he wakes up, he's like, wow, I had to go through all that. I'm in the safest place, the best place possible, and just didn't know all that was happening. That's what I mean by hindsight. You know, we I've never, we've seen these situations happen before. I've never thought about it from the perspective of the bear. I kind of have always just had the, oh man, get this guy out of the city. He's going to hurt somebody. Yeah, right. But you're right. Right. From their perspective, I'm sure it's like, well, we're just trying to get him back to where he's comfortable, where he belongs. It seems like the end of the world. It it seems like the end, but it's not. And it's just really 
like I said, an all-wise God has all these things in mind, you know, as, as difficult right. as it might be. And by the way, there's a passage in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, okay. chapter 29, verse 29. Yep. It talks about the secret things of God. There are certain things we just won't know. We yeah. just don't know why you did this, God. We don't. We know you're good. We know you're wise. We just don't know. We right. know there's evil in the world, and you have all this in, in your And I know Jesus talked about that, too, in the New Testament and said a couple of times to the disciples, hey, I just, I cannot give you all of this information yet. You're not ready to have right. all of this information yet. Someday, you'll understand. Someday, yeah. But and even Paul for now, says, you're not ready for it. Paul says in Corinthians, that's a great point. He also reiterates what Jesus said. And he says, look, right now you see kind of cloudy. Yep. But one day you're going to see really clear. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's just living in that tension with God and evil. You know what I mean? And, right. And punishment and suffering and all that kind of stuff. You know, but, but when people say actually that they deny the existence of God because of the presence of evil. Okay. When, when people actually say that, they actually back themselves into a corner. And here's why I feel like... The, the, the whole presence of, of, of pain and suffering might be a really good argument for the existence of God. Okay. First of all, here's why. If you don't believe in God, then you're, an, let's say you're an atheist, okay? Okay. Then you have to believe in evolution, natural selection, survival of the fittest, and all of that. Right. right? Well, their philosophy of life, it requires death, suffering, and violence. It requires it. Right. If you if it's survival of the fittest, let's think of the animal kingdom. We all have seen videos of of an animal catching its prey, ripping it to shreds, getting the, the animal's uh, cubs over to eat of this prey. It's yeah. pretty I usually pretty close graphic. my eyes for that part, so I don't even know that well, I can you, say that I have okay, seen you've that. Never seen it. It's pretty violent. But there's it's a reason I don't want to see yeah. it. Yeah. But their philosophy, if they're saying that there's a better philosophy out there, they're saying that that um, mine's better, but theirs requires evil. It requires pain and suffering. Yeah. It requires violence and death. And and so it's like, that's that stone in the shoe. Mm -hmm. You know, just like, hey, man, can you think about this a minute? Right. You know I was going to say, as we kind of go into this part where we're going to be refuting an argument, we do need to remember that it is just the stone in the shoe. Just we're not trying to beat there. anybody Ask over the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, secondly, I, I like this too, that, you know, if somebody says, hey, that wasn't fair, mm -hmm. I don't understand why God would allow that to happen, or that's pain, that's suffering, or that's evil, why is this, this all going on? My question is, how do you know that it's evil? How do right. you know it's unfair? How do you know that there's, it, 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 that there's something wrong in this situation? Well, how they know is they just sense it and they feel it. Well, so does everybody else. So if there's this authoritative kind of overarching moral sense of a law or a moral sense that something is fair or unfair, where do you get this authoritative moral sense that there is a moral law? Right. If there is a moral law, then... There must be a moral giver, a morals giver. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. That's right. If you have moral law, then you have a moral lawgiver. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so I think that people forget that, you know, sensing that means there's a sense that, man, something else is out there. You know what I mean? And, you know, you don't have to even look at people who 
are older and who are adults to see that. You see that in the five-year-old that gets mad when his older brother takes away his toy and he says, but it's not fair. Like, you don't have to teach that five-year-old to complain about the fact that it's not fair. Like, we immediately Immediately want... If we know it, then that means there's an authoritative overarching sense that has been given to every human being, you know? Yeah. And that's that sense where we say, okay, if there's a moral law, there's a moral lawgiver. And that is a argument for the existence of God using the argument of pain and suffering and evil. Right. You know? Yeah, I like that. But but I don't want to, um, you know, run off this subject without talking about how compassionate God is because when there is pain and suffering and when there is grief, it's very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I just want to throw out there a couple of passages that we have to remember that number one in Revelation 21.5, it says, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. And so this sense that we have... Jesus is always doing this restoration, this renewal inside of us, even in the midst of our pain, that he is the only one that can heal our pain. He is the only one that can take something bad and turn it into something good. Right. And I would say this too, that um, there's a passage in Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16, that I think is one of the most encouraging passages in all of scripture, especially for people who are experiencing the pain. You know, it says... That is why we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. That's amazing. Hey, I think uh, kind of at the end of the day, too, it's it's worth noting that we can't convince somebody completely of God's goodness, right? There's a level of faith that's going to have right. to develop in someone. And for me, when we get to this place where we can trust that God is good, and you know, it kind of goes back to some of the things we've already talked about, we trust the Bible, And we know that God exists and we trust who he has said he is and he has said that he is good. And so when we go back to those things and we have that element of, I believe that God has said he's good and so that means that God is good. And when we get there and when we're able to then take some of these arguments but just communicate that steadfast kind of hope that we yeah. have yeah. in God's character. You bring those those things together. And it's really Thanks awesome. Thanks for bringing it up because that's exactly what the next podcast is about. Awesome. The goodness of God. I love it. I love that. Um, that'll be perfect. And man, we didn't even plan that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's look forward to that conversation, and we'll see you then. All right. Thanks, Lena. All see right. you.